The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Moving on to the Pacific Division, let's start with our Kings. Sacramento buttoned up. Put the suit and tie on. Sacramento Kings now. What can I say about the Kings that hasn't already been said? Well, we know that they've been in a playoff drought longer than the city of Los Angeles has been in a drought for water. And just like over L.A., just like Sacramento, the watermark is high right now. They are overflowing with playoff hopes. It's been bleak for this fan base. We know that. For so damn long. And now it feels like it's sort of over, you know? It feels done. Monty McNair has done wonders. He needs to be extended. His decision-making quality, very high. What he's done in terms of drafting players that make sense. The Sabonis trade, oh my God, the Sabonis trade was good. That's probably... The Sabonis trade's probably the definition, if you look into a dictionary of what the NBA was hoping trades would look like. Mutually beneficial for both sides, makes both players better, makes both teams better as a result of said trade, right? My God, both teams, both players flourished because of this trade. They just beat the Lakers last night in Staples. You had people chanting, light the beam in Staples? louder than you could even imagine. I think they turned Staples purple for the Kings last night. And that win over the Lakers turns the Kings into the three seed in the West. The three seed. Let me say that again. The Sacramento Kings are currently the three seed halfway through the season. That's cute 10 games in. We're more than 41 games in right now, folks, and they are the three seed. They were 66-1 to at one point just to win the Pacific Division. They are now plus 125 to win said division. Wow. They are the leader in the clubhouse to win that division. 
Honestly, incredible. Keegan Murray, we'll talk about him. He's been okay. He's not somebody that has outperformed expectations. I think he's going to be a good piece for them. He's been up and down. He had 10 rebounds against the, the, the Lakers, which is very important for his development. He looks like he's going to be a fan favorite as well. He already is. Malik Monk has been adding a lot in terms of bench scoring, like a little microwave. Obviously, his connection with De'Aaron Fox down the stretch, with them going to Kentucky together, being best friends, that's worked out like a charm. Harrison Barnes has turned back the clock, turning into Warriors. Harrison Barnes. Kevin Herter has still been Kayvon, even though he's a little out of shape on back-to-backs. And Fox, of course, as we know, Fox is an all-star. Sabonis is an all-star. This team's really good. They can get a backup big at the deadline, someone who can help them in non-Sabonis minutes, someone who can pass, someone who can rim protect. Man, what they have done, though, at 25 and 18, they're seven games over 500. Seven games! Insanely good. I just can't believe it. Moving on to our dubs, they get a C minus. About two weeks ago, they probably would have gotten a D plus. They're going to be okay. We know that. The dubs are fine. The dubs are always fine. But at the halfway mark, we just cannot consider this a success in any real way. Let's be honest. Steph has missed time. Jordan Poole has been up and down. The role players they had, Gary Payton, he's gone. Otto Porter, he's gone. Niamina. Nia Bialicha, however you're saying it, you know what I'm saying. He's gone, playing in Europe. Klay Thompson, though, bright spot. He's getting better. Much more balanced scoring, much more balanced shooting in terms of his actual weight distribution. (laughs) He's taking more set shots, moving off the ball, getting easy buckets. So he's been really good. He's been actually sort of a surprise in terms of this team. Steph Curry's injury, I thought maybe they'd go 2-8 and while he was out. They actually played pretty well. They weathered that storm in a way that I think was very surprising. But we are worrying about this team in a way where you say, okay, knowing that I think they're going to be fine, can I also simultaneously say that there's some fundamental issues here? And I think the answer is yes. But we have to continue to have blind trust and blind faith in our dubs because what we know is when the lights get bright – as long as Steph is healthy, as long as Clay is healthy, as long as Draymond's healthy, as long as Kevon Looney is healthy, they're going to be able to turn up the volume, turn up the heat when the lights get bright. That's just the way it is. You saw it multiple games in a row. They go down 25, they go down 30, and then in the fourth quarter they turn up the heat, they play, play the stifling defense, they turn you over, they make you nervous, they get you flustered, they get into transition, then Steph hits, you know, some of those 30-foot daggers that he hits, he does the little poo-poo motion, he does the little night-night sleep mask, and all of a sudden a 30-point lead has disappeared and now you are down four. That's the Warriors, that's what they do. They always make it dramatic. They always want to do that, but we know that they're still capable of that. So with that being said, they get a C-. However, I'm not worried. Clippers, 8 seed right now. They get a C+. Don't know what to make of them. I don't know what to make of them. On one hand, their roster is very deep. Bucket getters everywhere. On the other hand, They've all been injured. They've all been out. Significant minutes, significant time. Kawhi, it's like a celebration when he plays five games in a row. It's only happened one time this season. He plays three games, takes one or two off, 
plays another three, takes one or two off. That's his cycle. And that's like a good thing. That's like about as good as it's going to get for Kawhi right now. Paul George hasn't been healthy. John Wall has had signs of brilliance, and then he's on the bench. They are old as fuck right now. Like, that's what that's what you get when you have guys who are in the latter stages of their career where they're like, ooh, my knees, ooh, my back, ooh, I got to take some time, put this icy hot on me. And you're like, oh, God, dude, like, are you guys going to be able to turn it on during the playoffs or nah? Like, I can't tell. Are we going to get Kawhi, the version of him, when he made that shot against Philly? Are we going to get Kawhi, the version when he wouldn't drive with his fucking team to go play the Phoenix Suns? When he had an ACL tear, didn't even want to support them. Are we going to get the PG version of him when he played in Indiana? Or are we going to get the version of PG when he turtled in the bubble and everybody started calling him Pandemic P? Are we getting PG-13? Are we getting Pandemic P? Are we getting Norm Powell when he won a chip? Are we getting Norm Powell from Portland Trailblazers when he's doing absolutely dog shit? See what I just did there? Are we going to get Rocco from his time in the Philadelphia 76ers when he was locking guys down? Are we getting Rocco getting fucking rim-checked in a playoff game, losing the Portland Trailblazers series to the Denver Nuggets, throwing the ball out of bounds? What are we getting? Are we getting Luke Kennard when he takes this team out of the doldrums when they're down 26, helps them win a game just based on bucket after bucket after bucket? Or are we getting Detroit Pistons? Luke Kennard, where he's just getting waved. What version of, speaking of guys getting waved, what version of Reggie Jackson will we get in the playoffs? Are we getting Mr. October, or whatever they call him, Mr. September? Or are we getting Mr. Send Your Ass Home? They could use something. They're going to probably make a move. Steve Ballmer's got unlimited money, so I imagine something's going to happen. Probably a trade with one of the bottom feeders, and they just get automatically better. Boyan Bogdanovich would help them quite a bit. Detroit Pistons are doing absolutely nothing, as you guys already know. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Let's move on to the Phoenix Suns. They get a D-. minus. They get somewhere between a D- minus and then like sort of a B because they've all been fucking hurt. Things could not be going worse. When the Sacramento Kings are curb stomping you to win your division, curb stomping, they are... They are just not a good team right now. They're 21 and 24. But culturally, they're even worse than that, right? Like, they are. It started when, let's be honest, Robert Sarver was just spitting out racial slurs faster than his name was Twista, you know? He just just giving it to you fast. Like, like he was on a Kanye West track. Like, that was what Robert Sarver was doing. It all blew up. When DeAndre Ayton wanted to get paid, and they were like, no, you're from the Caribbean, you're too soft, try to get another deal, and we'll see if we have to match it, and then he goes out and get a deal, and they begrudgingly match it, right? 
it becomes toxic then when Jay Crowder's like, hey, I'd also like to get paid. And they're like, still, no, we don't want to pay anyone. He goes on strike. Then Cam Johnson goes out for an indefinite period of time. He's going to be back, but how's he going to look? Then you get CP3 on his vegan ass diet, breaking down, busting down like it's the playoffs when it's still week four. You got Cam Johnson or campaign, excuse me. He's been hurt. Devin Booker, where's he been? On a milk carton. He's been out six, 16 games since December 11th. Probably won't see him for a while. But the most troubling thing to me about the Suns is since December 1st, they've lost, since just December 1st, this is very critical, they've lost 10 games by 10 or more points, which is more than they had all of last year. And this is just since December 1st. Three of those games are at home, which is the same amount of 10-point losses at the crib than they had all last year, too. So, I mean, they're getting taken to pound town. You know what I'm saying? And not in a great way, in a bad way, sad way. And the Suns, they got to do something. They got to move Drake, Jay Crowder. Got to do that. They got, I don't even know if anyone's going to do that because they know that the Suns are so down bad. He's probably going to have to waive them or get them for not, like just lose them for nothing. They're blowing leads in the second half. Can you tell I'm not optimistic? Can you tell? And for the love of the Valley, they got to get Devin Booker back healthy. Can we get Kendall to go on the road with D Book? Can we give her some sort of magic potion? in her watermelon to feed to D-Book. This season's toast if we don't figure that shit out fast. Lakers. Lakers are an interesting team, too. I I would say D-plus. D-plus for the Lakers. Maybe, maybe a C-minus. It's actually like kind of a positive grade because it should be an F based on what they did. And what they've done and what they continue to do. And we know they're not going to move anybody. We know we're not, they're not trading those two draft picks. Genie Buss has already gone on record. There's already whispers about, well, we're not trading those 25 and 27 first-round picks just to make the play-in. Ask Braun if he wants to make the play-in or not at all. Hey, we can move these two uh, pieces and these two draft picks, and then we'll give you a shot in the play-in, or you guys can be the 15th seed. How you feel? I think Braun would say, yeah, let's try. Let's try. But she's not doing that. They've been in a bunch of games competitively. They have not been able to close many out. They have eight games where they lost by six or less. But the thing that makes this all quite troubling is how good LeBron's been throughout it all. He's been insane. I have never seen anything quite like LeBron James in year 38 of his natural life. He is about to break what we thought was an unbreakable record. He is 300 points short of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring number, which, let's be honest, is the only reason LeBron James is still a Laker because he wants to break it in purple and gold. Let's be real. He's averaging more points per game right now and last year than in any two-year stretch in his 20-year career. Think about that. He's averaging more right now. And last year, than in any two-year stretch 
ever in his entire career, in his peak of the best, goaded Miami Heat years, those peak Cleveland years where he's putting the team on his back. No, no, what he's doing now, better than that. He's averaged 29.4 per game from 2005 to 2007, and he's averaging 30.1 between 2021 and 2023. You know those like commercials we've seen where it's like Braun versus Father Time? People are making fun of them because they're corny, but they are true. LeBron James is undefeated right now against Father Time. He's getting better, which is not what's supposed to happen. We've only seen this from Tom Brady, and that was like a swan song, and maybe Roger Clemens, but let's be honest. Do I really need to say anything more about Roger Clemens that maybe discredits the fountain of youth? AD was playing an MVP-level ball before he got hurt. I have to mention because I think it's very important for you to know in case you forgot. He did twist his ankle midair, in the air. He sprained his ankle, not on the ground. I've never heard of that before. So the things that happened to AD continue to literally break the rules of physics. So we'll say that. If you want to call that a mystery, if you want to call that a coincidence, if you want to call that just him being brittle, Whatever you want to say, it's all true. And, of course, Russell Westbrook has been really good off the bench. As a sixth man of the year, Kennedy's probably going to win it. There's no more consistent prop bets to take than Russell Westbrook over 14.5 points. He just does it. He's a triple-double machine off the fucking bench. Austin Reeves, he's getting small star votes even though he doesn't deserve them. And even Dennis Schroeder has had some good games on a veteran minimum contract. They're doing what they can. It's sad over there. They're poor. They're poor. Jeannie Buss doesn't have anybody else. She's getting her decision-making advice from Linda Rambis. It's bad. It's bad right now. And they have LeBron James. They'll, they'll only be okay and be able to salvage it that they make the play-in tournament and maybe make a little run. Do with the Like their upside is what the Pelicans did last year. And think about how bad that is. So they're three games under 500, but yet so are the Suns. So not all bad grades are bad grades.